This is your boy, Webby Webb, and you're now tuned in to the Talk It Up Sports Podcast, where the talk is important. What's going on, everybody? Webby Webb here, Talk It Up Sports, and today I have the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Weich, NFL Network analyst, joining me today. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Mark, glad to be here. Good seeing you again. Uh, congratulations on everything that's happened to you with your career and all that. I'm, I'm just proud to see where you are right now, young man. Uh, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I have uh, – I was thinking about doing something special since the NFL is kicking off this week, and we know uh, different fans of all teams, they're, they're very curious of what their team is going to do. So, Steve, what are you looking forward to the most uh, out of the NFL? Oh, God. Well, first off, I'm glad, I'm glad we're playing games on time. Yeah. Um, and, look, based on what we've seen in training camps and in, the, in most communities around this country – I'm confident, a lot of people are very confident we're going to get in all 16 games during this pandemic as long as everybody just continues to do what needs to be done for everybody to stay safe. And hopefully we can get fans into stadiums. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, you know, seeing some of these, you know, some of the new techniques, especially some of the offenses. You know, can the Chiefs continue to evolve and can anybody stop them, you know? What are the Houston Texans going to do? They just extended Deshaun Watson. Are they going – you know, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins right there, but they've got, you know, Brandon Cooks and other sets of wide receivers. Can they continue to do a lot of things? And I'm also interested to see how this non-offseason impacts certain rookies. You know, what Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, is Tua Tungavailoa going to get on the field this year? Uh, is Justin Herbert going to get on the field this year? So, you know, typically we're talking about more and more of those rookie quarterbacks starting. That's not the case because they didn't have off seasons. So I just want to see when, you know, when and if that trigger gets pulled on the rookie QBs as well. Yeah, I think you hit it spot on. I was going to bring to my next question. You know, Joe Burrow, he had a phenomenal year at LSU, but now it's, it's to the big leagues. So a lot of people have been wondering how would Joe Burrow be able to handle the pressure with no preseason games under his belt and going against top-tier defenses, AFC North. We know what the Steelers have. We know what the Browns offer, and we definitely know what the Ravens have in store. Will Joe kind of struggle starting out? All depends on his coach. Yeah. And, and this is why I say this. So many times coaches who have young quarterbacks succeed put them in positions to succeed. So what does that mean for the Bengals? That means running the ball. We saw they just extended Joe Mixon. We know he's a very good player. We've got a pretty good offensive line. And I'll, I'll say this. Joe Burrow, even though he went to a Bengals team that was terrible last year, a lot of that was because of injuries. The cupboard is not bare in Cincinnati. He's not going to a team that's like going through a significant rebuild like we're seeing in, in Carolina and a couple other markets. So I think he's got an opportunity here. So that's running the football, having a defense that gets takeaways and gets in the ball back with shorter fields. right? So he is going to struggle at times because defensive coordinators are crafty. After a week or two, they're going to find out what the Bengals like to do, what he likes to do, and they're going to put things in place to stop it. So that's where Zach Taylor has got to continue to do things offensively within a certain scope initially to give Joe Burrow chances to succeed. But to me, there, there's no doubt Joe Burrow is going to be fine. We saw what he did in LSU with just basically a year and a half. They are learning an offense, getting, getting on the same page as teammates, and accelerating it and just taking his game to another level. So, to me, there's no doubt he's going to be able to do that. It just all depends on being put in situations to succeed and to enhance his strengths. Enhance his strengths, that is something I'm definitely looking forward to because, 
like I said, phenomenal player. Just going to have to see. As we stay in the AFC, another key player who really landed a deal, well, not necessarily a deal, but an opportunity, Cam Newton with the Patriots. What are your thoughts about Cam this upcoming season? Real intrigued by this because, you know, you've got the Patriot mystique. You've got the great coach in Bill Belichick. You've got Cam, a former MVP. But what's around him? I mean, we saw half this defense either opt out for COVID-19 reasons or leave via free agency or other ways. Okay, so they still have some good defensive players to find Gilmore. They've got the secondary. So the defense could still be a bedrock. Offensively, what's Cam dealing with here? I mean, either Belichick's going to surprise us. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's done it before with a bunch of players we haven't heard of who excel at the skill positions. Or else Cam's going to be coming to, you know, to use the old analogy, he's going to be coming to a gunfight with a, with a, with a butter knife. <clears throat> he's, got a, he's got all the skills in the world, and I'm excited to see him back on the field healthy. He looks like he's enjoying playing football again based on these practices, but wins and losses are going to determine how much he enjoys it. But um, it will just be real interesting to see how Cam is judged on this season. If he plays well on the team, doesn't win, or if the team wins with him being kind of marginalized, how he's evaluated after the season because he's incredible talent. He hasn't been healthy the past couple of years. And, I, and I'm really, I'm personally pulling for him to succeed. So you, you know, Cam Newton being in the AFC now, it's a different ball game. He's going up guys like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Do you feel like he is in the same mix when it comes to, you know, as far as competition? I know you said that the Patriots are kind of, you know, like what type of weapons do, do the Patriots have, but I mean, Cam Newton is out for vengeance. As we, we've seen it all on Instagram and Twitter, is his whole mindset is shifted to an opportunity, an opportunity to compete. So do you feel like that he's just going to be just that quarterback, or do you feel like that he might be able to compete and take the Patriots to new heights? Well, I mean, first off, I understand this. Cam Newton has always competed. This, his, his push right now, yeah, he feels slighted. He feels snubbed. He's got a chip on his shoulder. But he's always competed like that. This dude, I mean – he didn't get where he is but just by being physically gifted. He worked as hard as anybody could possibly work, if not harder. <clears throat> He's always been motivated to prove something special. So don't take that away from him. What I'm, you know, to sit here and say that, you know, the AFC could have tougher competition, this and that. Look, where he, look at the division he came from, the NFC South with the Saints and the Falcons. Um, you know, the NFC – is a deeper conference in terms of overall top-to-bottom talent, whereas the AFC is more top-heavy. You mentioned the Ravens. You mentioned the Chiefs. This year, maybe, you, could, you know, you throw the Titans in there. I think the Bills are going to be a handful. Um, and the AFC West, you know, it's the Chiefs and, and whomever. The Steelers could be there. So, yeah, Cam's got his work cut out for him to get to the playoffs because this is the Bills' division to lose right now. With all of the hits I talked about the Patriots taking – with Buffalo being a playoff team last year and them really going through a process of building that roster and building a culture there under Sean McDermott, that's the team to beat in the AFC East. So, again, we'll see with a limited amount of weapons that are around Cam Newton across the board offensively if he can get them in the playoffs or if this is kind of a rebuild overall for the Patriots organization. Yeah, without doubt. It's definitely going to be interesting to see. And we know that there was a quarterback – they're playing for the Patriots that we all know, Tom Brady, who is now in the NFC. This is unbelievable. Still kind of seems weird to me. So we know that Tom and company, they have been putting together different pieces to compete. Now, Steve, are you buying this or is this just like – 
what are your thoughts about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? Well, I'm buying it. Um, look, in large part, we're going to sit here and say, okay, is this the dream team setup? Okay, right? They've got Brady. They've got Gronk. They've got the wide receivers. They just added Leonard Fournette. But it wasn't like they added a ton of pieces besides Brady, Gronk, and Fournette. I mean, a lot of this foundation was there. But here's why I'm buying it. It's not talked about enough. Their defense is loaded. Okay, you've got a defensive line now with Shaq Barrett, JPP, and Adamic and Sue. Two great linebackers with Levante David and Devin White. Then you've got a, a really, really talented young secondary. Bunch of ball hawks back there. So in this division where you might have to average between 28 and 35 points a game to win games against the Saints, against the Falcons, and Carolina, they're not a playoff team, but they're going to be really exciting offensively. Um, it's going to be a challenge for the Buccaneers every week. And then the, the NFC South schedule is grisly, right? Besides playing each other, they're playing teams like the AFC West, and I believe they're playing the NFC North. I believe they're playing like the Packers and the Vikings. teams. I'm not quite positive, but it's a, it, the Buccaneers schedule is not, not pretty. Yeah. And so they are going to be challenged, but they're, they're really, really loaded on both sides of the ball. I still think the Saints are the best team in the NFC South. I'm telling you, no one's talking about the Falcons right now. That is a team to watch. They are they are just loaded with a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And if that defense can stay healthy, they're going to be a problem. Uh, you know, a couple more things in the NF NFC I would like to talk about is, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of people really haven't talked too much about Aaron Rodgers. You know, when they first when they when they when the reports first came out, people were like, "Is, is Rodgers going to be your place?" Like, I mean. He didn't really get any help as far as, like, receivers. So what are your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Well, I'm glad you added the Green Bay Packers onto it. My yeah. thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, he's still a great player. But here's a team that goes and they draft his heir in the first round, Jordan Love, much like they did with him and Brett Favre. They don't add any receiver depth. Everyone on the team, including Devontae Adams, their stud wide receiver, says, yeah, we thought that they were going to add some help at wide receiver so offensively, this is going to be a challenge. What we saw last year under Matt LaFleur, they turned to, for the first time in Rodgers' career to a little bit more of a run-driven offense with Aaron Jones, fantastic running back. Their defense is so good. That, that's the one thing that people continue to overlook with Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark on that defensive front, Darnell Savage and all those young guys in the secondary. They had Christian Kirksey, at linebacker. He comes over from the Browns. If he can stay healthy, um, that's going to help them out. I'm just, I'm just really wondering offensively, you know, what they're going to be able to do. When I see a team like the Vikings add someone like Yannick Ngakwe to go along an already really good defensive front, and, and you're seeing teams like Detroit steadily build up. The Bears, I, I have no idea what's going on with the Bears. But um, because of Aaron Rodgers, they're always going to have a shot. But I just don't know if they're, they're doing him justice. And if they do make a move, I got a scenario for you. Okay. If they do make a move at the end of the season, say it's time for you to go, what if he replaces Tom Brady in Tampa Bay? Oh, man. Uh -oh. How about that? Okay. How about that? Let's stir it up. Replacing Tom Brady. So that that's to show that you don't think Tom Brady's going to be there a long time. You think Tom Brady is coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, all these guys, maybe two years. I mean, yeah. look, we may see, we may see you know, three Hall of Fame quarterbacks – Retire all at once, and let's keep in mind Ben Roethlisberger's not far behind. Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't that far behind. Um, the good thing is, with all these young stud QBs coming in, 
um, the NFL is in really good hands. Yeah, without doubt, Steve. And I appreciate that, that, that really, really good insight. So there has been, you know, lots of things around that we've seen other sports doing different things supporting the black lives matter and you know uh for the stands of social justice and you know police against police brutality so do you feel like that the nfl will be able to um stand stand with this come uh this week do you feel like there will be a lot oh yeah that still might be able to they might be hesitant or do you feel like it's full Oh, no, no, no. It, 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 it's on. The players The players now are – they're done um, yeah. in terms of, you know, look, these are young black men, and for the first time we've seen the NFL, they've got a lot of support from their white teammates, their white coaches. Um, so, no, I mean, there's going to be a lot of symbolic gestures in week one. You're going to see, you know, the end zones painted with messages. The players are going to wear stickers on the backs of their helmet, either supporting a, a person who – whose life was lost um, in, in some part of systemic racism or they'll have a unifying message like the Rams are going to have it. It takes all of us on the back of their helmets as a team. But, you know, this, this is something that's important to the players. I mean, people can sit there all and say all they want, like, uh, what's missing a practice do? You know, what's this and that? These guys are hurting, man. I mean, they're, they're, they continue to see over and over unarmed, unarmed people, typically of color, um, being shot, being murdered, whatever, by bad people in law enforcement. Let's not say everyone in law enforcement, but bad people in law enforcement, and then those bad people not being held accountable. So yeah. that's the frustration that's that's it's it's beyond its tipping point, right? It's it's the country, it's these players, they're human beings. The stick to sports stuff is out the window. It's not now they've got the backing of the NFL. Uh, we don't know how many owners necessarily are going to get on board, but the NFL is an entity. Is behind them. So no, the, the players are, are going to ride with this um, throughout. I mean, we know they got the big push for voting, things like that. So this is not going away. And look, they speak to their their brethren in the NBA and WNBA, their sister in, in, in the WNBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer. I mean, they, all these guys are having conversations with one another. Yeah. And so, again, this is kind of a unified effort, and it kind of goes back with Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and John Wooten and these people talked about back in the 60s is if athletes ever understood the power of the labor that their leagues are built on, they could they could really try to push for some systemic change for some issues that are happening in society. Yeah. Uh, that, Steve, that's awesome right there. That is very awesome because we know we are now in different times and enough is enough. Enough is enough. And is going to take players because the players are the ones actually playing. And, you know, different fans of different teams, they might feel some type of way, but these players have made it known that we will not stand for anymore. So I really appreciate you talking about that. And, and let me say this. I mean, look, not everyone's going to, going to like it, and that's yeah. fine. You know, everyone should, everyone should believe in what they believe. But the one thing I, I, I really want to convey on behalf of the players is they're not just skipping practice. They're not just – stomping their feet and wearing messages on their helmets. I mean, a lot of these individual players and teams are taking real action. For example, there's a couple teams out there who are partnering with school districts to help bridge the digital divide. This pandemic, one thing it has really exposed when people have to, when students have to stay at home and try to learn virtually is that there's a lot of people who don't have laptops, who don't have computers, who don't, have Wi-Fi. Yeah. 
So I know there are teams who are supplying like thousands of Wi-Fi hotspots to people or, or laptops um, or individual players who are doing this. That's real work. When people are asking what players are doing, that is giving people who have poor school systems, who have poor economic conditions, who, again, can't have the, the simple things that we take for granted like a laptop to learn from and giving them an opportunity to at least level the playing field when it comes to being educated about what's going on in this world. Yeah, that, that's spot on. That is spot on. And I'm excited to see how this change will go into many, many, many years because we know it's just it's not this season is going to go into next season, off season, and all type of seasons. Well, before I let you go, Steve, I know you have an exciting podcast that is uh, very uh, starting soon. Do you mind telling the, the people just a little bit about that? Yeah, dropping September 8th um, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Myself, my NFL Network colleague, Jim Trotter, we're launching the Huddle and Flow podcast. Yeah. And so Jim and I, uh, we've got more than 40 years' experience covering the NFL, but we're also both graduates from Howard University. And so that's what makes this podcast special is you have two experienced NFL writers who came from a historically black university we're going to be giving you a perspective on a lot of things. It's going to be NFL centric, but we will be talking about some of these social issues and not just negative drama or this and that's going to be a lot of positivity about what these players and teams are doing. We're going to be talking about the culture. We're going to be having journalists and coaches and players on and on our debut episode, I'm telling this right now, Mark, get your headline writers ready. We have Washington head coach Ron Rivera. And we know what this organization has gone through this off season what is continuing to go through and he really takes us behind the curtain on a lot of things that are going on with that club. So it is, you don't want to miss that. You guys do not want you to, do, you, don't, you don't want to miss it. Drop the, the, you you, the you don't right want to miss it. It is, it is, it's all that you may not care about the football team, but the issues going on and what Ron Rivera has to say, it is, uh, it's really a deep dive into some things you you may not necessarily think about when it comes to running an NFL club. That That's awesome. I can't wait to listen and share. And I know everybody else is really ready to tune into that. So one more thing before I let you go, what game are you excited about the most this, this uh, upcoming week? Uh, the opening weekend. That's easy for me. That's Buck Saints. Buck Saints. Um, it, you know, I hate there's no fans down in the, in the Houdat Dome in the Superdome, but I mean, see Tom Brady coming out because we don't know what their offense is going to look like. I think this is an offense in Tampa that's going to take a couple weeks to kind of gain its identity, how much Bruce Arians, how much Tom Brady, but they're going up what I think is the most loaded team in the NFC in the Saints, both offensively, them adding Emmanuel Sanders, and then defensively. Um, I mean, there's not, there's not a level of that defense that isn't loaded. Uh, they made the run for Clowney, didn't get him. But if Marcus Davenport ever develops at that right defensive end, that's a stone wall. So Buck Saints week one, that's my game. Yeah, Buck Saints week one. I'll probably have to go with uh, – I'm, I'm really interested to see. I really didn't get a chance to, to kind of pick your brain with this, but I did see some reports that you said that the Browns – are you picking the Browns to make the playoffs by chance? Yeah. Or- I mean, look, first off, remember, each, each conference gets an additional playoff team. Yep. So now we're going seven teams. So I think because of stability and what they do with their offensive line, they really, they really have a shot. And then when you look at some of the other divisions, okay, so maybe there's one wild card team from the AFC South because I think that's going to be a great with Tennessee, 
um, with Houston and Indianapolis. That's going to be a great, you know, at least one wild card team is coming out of there. Maybe a wild card team um, maybe comes out of the West. I don't think so. But so there's either going to be two wild card teams coming out of the South or two wild card teams coming out of the North because we know Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland. But I think what Cleveland has done to solidify their team, you don't hear all the chatter this year. I, I think this is a team that could possibly get the double-digit wins and, and get that final playoff berth. Well, you heard it here first, right here. My man, Steve, thank you so much for joining, joining me today. Anytime, Mark.